Hello, every hello, everybody. Hello. Um, I'm still trying to work on an intro. I don't really know. Like, I I don't want to be like, oh my gosh, hey guys, like hi. But I also don't want to be like, uh, like, it needs to be a good, like, hey, hey guys, what's up? Anyways, hi, my name's. Wow, that was good. Wait. Okay, did I just figure it out? Awesome, awesome. Um, well, hi, my name's Abby, and uh, if you're the first time listener here, welcome to That's Life Podcast, and if you're coming back for another listen, thank you so much for coming back. Um, I'm so happy that you're here, whether you're new, old, actually young, or actually old, or you know what? No one's actually old, okay? Everyone who thinks they're old out there, you are not old. You're just a little bit more wise you're wiser you're wiser and you're not as young and that's all I have to say about that and now we're gonna do a little topic change so my name's Abby Murphy this is that's life pod um this podcast is geared towards the transition periods of life and going through that maneuvering through that through a Christian lens and I'm so glad that you have come across this podcast um a little life update I usually like to start with a little life update and it is currently almost my bedtime it is 809 Thursday night I really pushed off doing this podcast not because I didn't want to I like I look forward to doing the podcasts literally every single week I love doing the podcast so much they just bring me so much joy but I just like it was the first full week of zoom classes online for my college that I go to and I've also been at the beach while I'm doing that so I just kind of have been outside and not thinking about filming a podcast because it's like oh well the weather's pretty so let's enjoy it while I can which I have been and I'm glad um but now I'm kicking myself because I am a grandma I love going to bed early all of my friends will tell you like I'm I try to get in the bed by like nine like I just love getting in bed early and then uh sitting down and you know, being on my phone or reading or doing whatever I do in the bed and then falling asleep and then waking up at 5 in the morning because I'm part of the 5 a.m. club. If you're part of the 5 a.m. club, let's chat. Let's meet up. But yeah. So anyways, I've been at the beach. For those of you that don't know, I left, I guess, a week ago today. Yeah, it was a week ago today because it was a Thursday and I was sitting in my uh, Zoom call in one of my classes and I was like, mom, can we just go to the beach? And she was like, yes. And I was like, great. And now we're here. And let me just give you a quick little recap of the strip. Basically day one, day one was Friday and I just kind of like chilled all day. It was just like a reset day. Saturday we got up and Adam, we, you know, went outside, walked around, felt really, really good. Sunday we went to church at a bar, which was like amazing. And one thing the pastor said, which I really thought was like very beneficial, he said, you have to let go of what's in your hand in order to take God's. And that stuck with me. Like that hit home so hard. Like literally I was like, wow. I mean, it seems so simple to say, but like when you really think about it, like think about, whoa, I just like glitched there for a second. Anyways, think about like when you grab someone's hand, like they're usually helping you, whether that's like to pull you along or to help you up or to give you comfort, but you can't hold their hand if you're obviously you have something in your hands. It's the same thing with, with God. Like he's constantly reaching out his hands, but we're not going to be able to grab onto that if we're trying to carry all the stuff that we have planned for us with us. 
Um, so yeah, I that was really good. And then that day we also went to the zoo, which was really fun because it was like 75 degrees. It feels so good here. Um, and then Monday through Thursday, yeah, I guess today's Thursday. Monday through Thursday, I did like Zoom calls off and on. And in between Zoom calls, I would like go to the hot tub or go to the pool or go on a walk or just try to get outside and get moving. I will say I was really spoiled because I would like be on a Zoom call and then I would just casually look out at the full ocean, just like look out, which I was very excited to see. Um, but sadly, we are leaving. I think of it as tonight because it's like three in the morning we're leaving, but I guess it's technically Friday morning because it's like super early. We'll probably end up leaving around five, but I don't know. We'll see. Anyways, uh, it's been a great trip. We went to the zoo. The zoo was amazing. I just love the zoo. Um, I witnessed something at the zoo. I witnessed, um, I don't even know how to say this because this is a Christian podcast, all listeners, um, I mean, God did create this, so, like, it's not, like, it's not bad, but I witnessed, for just my younger listeners who may not, anyways, if you know, you know, um, two turtles having a great time together, um, and I witnessed it, and they were really, um, enjoying being together, and it was weird, um, never, never would I ever think, you know, I just don't think about it. I don't think about it. And I don't think about turtles. Like, I don't know. It was just weird. But anyways, um, that was an experience. I went shopping a little bit with my mom. Uh, we went on all the walks. Um, we went to some restaurants. That was really fun. And yeah, it was just a really good trip, a good reset. And that was my me being spontaneous. Oh, and I also did my January spontaneous challenge. Uh, if you want to listen to my whole spontaneous spiel, you should go hop on over to hashtag that's resolutions where you can hear more about that. But I did my January spontaneous event for the month and it was get a spray tan and I got a spray tan and I wanted to chicken out and I wanted to not do it, but I did it and I'm so glad I did it because it honestly didn't even look that bad. I've always wanted to know what it felt like. No, I'm not going to do it again, but it was fun. I can say I did. I can say I know what I get myself into. And if I ever need to, I don't know, go get a spray tan for something, then I'll know what to do. And it was really fun. The lady was really sweet. Um, she gave me just like a natural, very, like you, you could barely really tell, honestly, like she was being very subtle because she knew I was new and I don't think she wanted to scare me, but there's so much that goes into it. Like you have to mix all these colors and put this scent and like put this, like you have to put primer on and then you sit in this little booth and this lady like talks to you and she's like, turn around now. He's spraying in three, two, one. And like, I felt like I made a friend. Like I left and I was sad because I had this new friend that painted me. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. It was a good experience and I'm really, really glad that I was able to be spontaneous on a spontaneous trip. So that's my life update on, uh, emotions and spontaneousness. Um, and then health wise, I'm going to get a nutritionist, I think. And that kind of leads into a little bit of today's topic, but, um, yeah, I am wanting to get healthier just like bodily wise there are some medical things that uh I've been having to focus on and so I'm gonna get a nutritionist and um one thing I really think is important in the nutritionist is not only like you know obviously 
catering to my needs and helping me in what I need. But also, um, we really want to try to find a Christian uh, nutritionist, not to like single anybody out or be like, oh, well, you can't help if you're not a Christian. Like, no, that's not how it works. But I do believe that like similar beliefs will help you um, bond in a way that uh, can help you achieve a goal because you both have that same um, mindset of like, our, our bodies are not the biggest thing. Like, whatever we're dealing with on this earth, there's so much greater that we're working towards, not just the benefit of having a, a good body for ourselves, but a benefit of having a good body so that we're able to use it to serve the Lord. So I think that's going to be something really great. Um, but yeah, I'll keep you all updated on that. And that kind of ties into today's topic because today I'm going to share my story slash talk anorexia slash um, all of the health things. So before we get into that, let's open up in prayer and then we'll get into it. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, night, I guess, it's 8 o'clock at night. Um, and I thank you so much for a great trip. I thank you that I get to, I get the pleasure and the honor of being able to talk to whoever's listening. Um, and I thank you so much for reminding me of your presence here. It's pretty hard not to see all of your great creations with all the sunsets, and the beaches, and the water. But Lord, I pray that I'm even more thankful back in my regular routine and I don't lose sight of your amazing creations here on this world and um, emotionally and, and in blessings every single day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So let's talk. I, if you know me, I'm, I'm very, very open about it. Um, but part of my testimony and basically like a very big chunk of why I really became a Christian. I mean, I guess I always was a Christian, but really uh, looked into slash accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior in my life all started with um, me going through something hard and that something hard was anorexia. So for those of you that don't know, anore- actually, I'm going to look up the proper definition. Dep- oh my gosh, I can't speak. I'm going to look up the proper definition um, because I'm afraid that I'm going to say it wrong and I don't want to say it wrong. So anorexia, as described on Google, is an eating disorder causing people to obsess about weight and what they eat. Um, It's usually associated with getting super, super skinny, um, very malnourished, but eating disorders come in all different shapes and sizes, and there are many that I've also dealt with, but today we're specifically going to focus on anorexia. Um, I suffered from two years of anorexia. And, uh, that was between the grades of fifth and seventh. So it was pretty young. I started, I guess when I was like 11 ish and then it ended around age 13, somewhere in between there. Um, but yeah, I was pretty young. It stunned my growth. It made me, uh, hit puberty way, way later, which I'm sure I would have hit it earlier. Um, if I did not suffer from anorexia at the time. Um, but it all kind of happened around, you know, we all, as as children, we all kind of go, and if you are a child listening, um, don't think this is weird, but we all go through some sort of pudgier, just more awkward stage where, you know, we haven't hit our growth spurt yet, and, uh, you know, this weight kind of just stays on us as we're growing because we continue to grow uh, throughout our, our lives, and there's always just this one awkward stage in elementary school slash middle school when you're... 
sometime when you're younger when just your weight and your height don't really match up and so mine was around fifth grade so I was like well I want to eat healthier and it, it really started out as something that you know I felt like I could control the amount of food that I ate it made me feel confident it made me feel happy um, I felt good because I was like wow I'm like you know starting to learn what I'm putting into my body and soon enough it just got way too out of hand like I can't even tell you I don't even remember like how it got out of hand but I have a very specific um moment that I realized that I had a problem and I would say it started around uh, I guess like beginning of fifth grade so around August and then around fall was when I started looking at like serving sizes and calories um and you know I would like measure out my Sour Patch Kids or whatever like you know I I mean more mindful things but I wouldn't like cut off any foods like I would order pasta salad instead of like spaghetti or just make like a healthier choice um but it really got serious around Christmas and that's when I realized I had a problem and my parents like knew before my mom was worried about me way before I even like knew I had a problem but I specifically remember my uh my uncle and he um made me a smoothie I wanted a smoothie and you know smoothies were a safe food for me at the time so there's fear foods and there's safe foods and fear foods are the foods that specifically for you scare you you don't want to eat them um which is a total disordered way of thinking anyone who tells you that's normal it's not if you're afraid of a food if you're afraid of eating a food that is disordered thinking I don't care what diet culture says I don't care what people say that's disordered thinking unless it's like a specific allergy where like you'll die like obviously if you're afraid of peanuts or if you're allergic to peanuts like yeah be afraid of them don't like that's different but I'm not allergic to anything and um I was a I was also afraid of having other people make food for me so I I watched him and uh I was super super skinny at the time and you know he put in like the fruits and he put in like spinach or whatever and uh and then my mom kind of like pulled me out of the room just asked me a question or whatever and then the next thing you know the smoothie's ready and I start drinking it I had a couple sips and I was like this is this is good like this is too good to be healthy you know and so I asked him when he put it in it and he said he put some ice cream in it and I had a I mean a freak out like I would not pick that drink back up and I remember sitting in my mom's room I was crying I'm sobbing like like full on and it wasn't like he loaded it with like ice cream like it was literally a couple scoops you know but in my mind I had associated ice cream as a fear food as an unhealthy food um which it's not but you know, everything in moderation um but in my mind I just thought like if I were to have that I would instantly get fat and um and again, I associated being fat as negative as well, which as we've learned in today's time, if you keep up with like culture and, and diet and even like modeling now is becoming, um, I would say better, but we're definitely not there in terms of accurate representation of women's bodies. But um, anyways, that's kind of like besides the point. But anyways, like for me, I didn't want to get above a certain weight. I didn't want to look a certain way. And so it was like quotations, smaller, the better quotations. Um, and so I, I thought if I ate ice cream, I would just 
instantly just puff up. And I, I just sat with my mom and I was like, oh my gosh, like, okay, this, this is a problem. And so I, I got put into therapy, um, didn't want to do that. Didn't think I needed it. Thought it was stupid. Really didn't, um, you know, want to tell her anything. Didn't really talk to her. Um, and yeah, and I went, I I started going with my mom and then I would like start out with my mom and then I would kind of have some time when I went by myself with her. Um, and I will say I'm so pro therapy, but I was just very stubborn and I didn't want to accept that I had a problem. I didn't want to get better. Um, and yeah, and so that kind of went on, I guess for a year and this was all middle school. So it was around, I guess, sixth grade, six, no, seventh grade, seventh grade. Now it was beginning of seventh grade year. And I was super excited because I was still in my eating disorder, but no one knew, like it was a bunch of new people and no one knew that I had lost all this weight. Like people who I had known from elementary school or like people that I did theater with or parents, like they were noticing, they were like, is she okay? Like she's so skinny and, uh, Props to all the parents out there listening or props to all the people that know of someone who has an eating disorder. Um, and please know if you know someone with an eating disorder, please do not judge their families or the people that are watching over them because you have no idea what they're doing behind the scenes. Like my parents, people would come up to me and I was very private. I didn't want anyone to know. My parents wanted to respect that. And so people would like ask them like, hey, like, do you notice like how skinny your daughter's gotten? And, you know, constantly my mom would stick up for me like, oh yeah, like she's having a growth spurt. We're just trying to put some, you know, some meat on her bones. Like, which which was true. I mean, I, I hit a growth spurt right when I was not feeding myself, but she didn't go into saying like, oh yeah, like she has an eating disorder. She has anorexia, you know? And so even if like someone doesn't come right out and say that, just know they could be respecting the person that they're guarding. Now, I think you can kind of read a room. You can kind of read a situation. Um, and also just like the bond that you have with that person can really kind of affect the answer that you get if you're um, asking someone. But just keep that in the back of your mind as well. Um, that just because you don't see things happening doesn't mean that they aren't. But yeah, so it was around seventh grade year. Um, and you know, I was like, this is a new start. Like people will know me as the skinny girl. Like I don't, I won't be known as the person who lost a lot of weight. Like I won't be known as the girl who this, that, and the other. And I knew people were talking about me because I looked sick. I looked sick and I felt sick and I was sad, depressed. Um, but it was the beginning of the year. It was a new start. I could, I could be this new version of myself. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, started going to school. I had a couple friends. I would say that like in my mind, I thought I was being social, but I wasn't. I was excluding myself. I never ate. Um, like people at school would say that I had like diet food or bird food, um, you know, and in a friendly way, not as like a, like a trying to make fun of me way, but just in like a, oh my gosh, like Abby, oh, she's always eating the bird food. Like she's so healthy, you know, and, and kids don't know, like kids didn't know. This wasn't a very common thing, you know? Um, and I felt, I just remember feeling so alone, not only in the fact of like, you know, uh, like 
me having an eating disorder and feeling like I'm the only person who's ever struggled with this ever, like that was a factor, but also I just felt so alone friend-wise. And it was because I was just constantly disassociating myself, constantly thinking about food, constantly thinking about how I would get out of eating this next food or constantly thinking about like, oh, if I go hang out with this friend and they're going to eat this, like I remember going home with my friend and her mom made baked potato soup and, you know, we had it and I was like, oh, this is a meal food. Um, I'll have a little bit because I, I didn't want to, you know, like be the weird girl who didn't eat the soup. And they're like, yeah, we're going to have it as a snack. And I was like, that just like, I was like, what? Like that, you can't do that, you know? And just having all of these restrictions And I knew she knew. I knew her mom knew. I knew, like, I knew everyone knew that I wasn't okay. Um, But everyone around me was so kind and sweet and stuck by me. And I would just push them out. And I would blame everything on other people because I was running from the fact that I was my own enemy. And I was, I just was so sad. And I would sit in school and be silent. There were some days I literally would just try out not talking the whole day just because because I was like well whatever like no one cares anyways I it was just this shell of this person I had become I was so sad I was so depressed because I was constantly thinking about food and I was letting it rule my life my mom had a bible study at the time and my friends would come over and you wouldn't have guessed that I was going through such hard things because I was just so bubbly for that two hour section Um, because I had like stored up all my energy for that day and my mom would have snacks home for everybody and the girls would all eat it and I would go cut a mango or I would go you know get some fruit and in my mind I was just like oh yeah well like the other girls can do that but I can't like they can do that and they won't put on weight but like I can't do that like I'm just not that lucky like my body's different which is so false. I just saw myself so differently. The body, this is called body dysmorphia, but it's where you like see something different than what you actually look like. And I really thought I was severely overweight and I was tiny. I was so skinny and it was very, very, very unhealthy. And uh, I was very sad. I was very unhealthy mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, Um, I just was all over the place and I had no idea. And, um, yeah. And I remember right around the breaking point, um, this is probably when it got my lowest with me myself, but it was, I guess it was right after Christmas, my seventh grade year. And, um, I was going to school and, you know, I would always skip breakfast. I never wanted to eat breakfast. And my mom was like, Abby, you have to eat breakfast. I was like, no, I'm not. She picks up a banana and I would not touch it. And she was like, just half, like just eat half of the banana. And I would not, I mean, I would not. And I just remember her literally, and I'm about to get very, very deep, but like she had to strangle me. Like she had to pin me to the ground because I was so out of control. I was like slapping her and hitting her and just to think of who I I had become like my mother 
was laying on top of me, pinning my arms down from me hitting her and punching her and pushing her off of me because I wouldn't eat half of a banana before going to school. And I was hysterically crying. I mean, like hysterically crying. And my mom was hysterically crying. And like to think that I put my mom through stuff like that, that my mom had to deal with that, like seeing her daughter slowly starve herself to death. Um, And just, I don't know, like the eating disorder is not yourself. Like the eating disorder is not who you are. It's this thing that creates this alternate version of yourself inside your head. Like you are not the problem. The eating disorder is the problem. And I had fully become my problem. Um, like nothing in the world mattered to me except my size. And it wasn't even a fact of like body image at this point. It was control. Like I had, I, it started with me having control of what I consumed and put in my body and slowly that started to control me and it was like I've lost control in every aspect of my life and so um we get in the car and we're driving to school I still hadn't eaten the banana and she circled the school until I would eat it and um and I wouldn't and finally I gave in because I was just so exhausted and I'm pretty sure I didn't eat like the rest of the day I like is it was so bad and I that was like probably just the lowest moment I can remember um food wise but and I'll I'll dive into the spiritual after but um it was it was just crazy so I continued to go to therapy um and my therapist it had gotten to it was around spring I guess and it got gotten to the point where very early spring and my therapist was like, um, if you don't put on X amount of weight, you're going to have to go to a facility because you are going to die. Basically, like we're, if you continue at the rate you're going, we're going to have to put you in a feeding tube, tube because you're going to die. And that was kind of like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be, this was, which also, if you go to a facility and you need it, I respect you so much. But me at the time was like, I don't want to be known as... Like, oh yeah, Abby, the girl who went to an eating disorder facility. Like, because I had heard in my small town of other people being like that and I didn't want my name to be, like, associated with an eating disorder, let alone a whole place that's, like, designated to healing you from an eating disorder. Like, I didn't, I I felt like I was the only person who had ever struggled with an eating disorder who or had ever struggled with literally anything ever, like every middle schooler does. Um, and I didn't want people to see me like fall. I didn't want people to see that I was in a low place, um, because it took me so long to realize that I was in such a low place. But, uh, yeah, so I literally stuffed my face for like two weeks and gained weight like crazy. Um, and I was eating and eating and eating and eating and still didn't have a very healthy mindset about food, but I was eating because I didn't want to go. And so I gained the weight um, and yeah, and then I won't, I won't go into too much of the healing process because I want to save that for my testimony, but, uh, Jesus really, really worked a miracle in my life, which uh, the person 
long story short, I got a concussion and it kind of just healed me. And thank you to the person who gave me that concussion. You know who you are. But yeah, um, that, that kind of ended that anorexia part of my life. And I relapsed again when Corona started. It was around my junior year. Um, but it came back in a different form known as orthorexia, which I'll do another separate podcast on that as well, just because these are just such broad topics that I really want to dive into. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my anorexia story and it got pretty deep and it got pretty bad, but spiritually got even worse. I was so mad at God for so long. I was so mad at him, which me having a literal Christian podcast now, like I feel so bad about saying like after learning so much about God and learning who he is, how he died for me, how I'm an awful person. And yet he like, he wants me, you know, um, and he wants me in his kingdom and he wants to live with me forever. It just baffles my mind that even after I was so awful to him and even after I was so rude and said such rude things to him, like he still loves me the same. And during that time he was searching for me even more and fighting for me even more than I could have ever imagined at the time. Um, and even can ever imagine now, I mean, my brain can't physically imagine how much he loves me. Like he, it's just, we're not made to think like that. Um, but yeah, so I was just so mad at him. I was like, like, God, I go to church like all the time. I go to church every Sunday. I have since I was little. Like, I'm a Christian. I'm a good person. I'm nice to people. Why are you giving me this? Like, why are you giving me this hard time? Why are you allowing this to take over my life and make me want to end it? Like, don't you want me to live happily? So, like, why are you letting this happen? You know, I was, and I was so mad and I had such a rotten attitude. Um, and in the recovery process, like I realized that it's not him giving me these things. It's the evil of this world. It's the evil of, um, the, the evil in this world, but God uses that, which I I learned in recovery. Um, but which recovery, by the way, is just a period of time where you recover basically, um, from you know, whatever you're recovering from. But yeah, so I was just angry with him. And I remember specifically sitting in my room one night, like I was studying biology. It was sixth grade. Um, and I just remember sitting in the guest room and I was just so overwhelmed and so upset by, I guess not, I guess just the thought of food and being sad in school and being emotional and just everything just like caving in and I just screamed at God for I kid you not maybe like 20-30 minutes bawling and screaming and punching the bed and just being so mad at him and yelling and like people were in the house but I was just in this room just screaming at him and I felt him there I felt him On the side of the wall, I still remember, it was the right side of the wall, by the window, and I was looking at him, and I was just screaming, and I was so mad, and I just see, I can still picture it, and I just see him there staring, just standing there, and so then I just stood there for like five minutes, 
And then I collapsed on the bed because I had just completely exhausted myself. My mom came in the room and I just, I was like, mom, I'm like exhausted and I'm tired and I, I just can't do anything. Like, I just can't do anything. Um, and she just like put her hand on, on my hand and she was like, I prayed that you'd feel God. Like, I don't know if you did, but I, I prayed that you'd, you'd feel him there. And I was just kind of like, whoa, like, whoa. Um, and I would like to say that that changed it for me, but it didn't. Uh, and I still suffered another year. But I would constantly have little moments like that um, where he reminded me of his faithfulness even when I wasn't looking. Um, and he forced, he forced reminders that he was there um, to me even when I pushed him out and didn't want to talk to him. Um, I would sit in my bed most mornings on weekends and just, you know, I'd wake up at like eight and then stay in the bed till 10 or 11, just trying to sleep past breakfast, sleep past whatever meal time. And I, I was like 1030. I was in my mom's bed and I, I wake up and I, um, stay in there for like two more hours and I start praying and I'm like, I really don't want to be on this earth right now, God. Like, this is such a sad life I'm living. Like, I don't want to be here. Um, and it was, it was very, it was a very low time. And it was very sad. And, um, I just, I felt comforted. I was telling him these things to a God who at the time I didn't even know if he was there. I didn't even know if he loved me. I was mad at him. Um, I had so much anger that I just threw towards him because I needed someone to throw it towards. And I had already used up all my options at the house because I was just tearing it apart with this problem that I was going through. Um, and it was the one time I had been angry with a with someone and told them that I felt that way. Um, because I didn't really even know that I felt that way until I started praying. And it was the first time that I had felt comforted and felt, um, like a safety in a way that I had never felt before. Um, I don't know. There were just so many specific moments I could point out, but I say this to say, you know, in the most humble way possible, but also in the most um, proud of myself way, I guess, like, look where I am now, look how he's, how he's using this, um, my eating disorder story is one who I've, that I've told to so many people, um, and helped them, whether they struggle with eating themselves, or struggle with something else that you can relate to, I mean, food is a universal thing, food is something we all bond over, that's why we eat meals together, um, that's why it's a good conversation starter. We all can relate to food because we all need it to survive. And so I think the fact, you know, we all have our thing and my thing is this idea of body image and food. Um, and the fact that God was able to use that struggle that I had, um, and turn it for better 
and turn it for good. And he took what the enemy meant for evil and he, and he turned it for good. The fact that he can do that with something that we all bond over, I think is a great way to minister to people. And I would not trade it for the world if I could go back and redo it. Obviously, I wouldn't wish that upon myself, but I would not have my story any other way. It was the lowest I've ever been in my life. It's the hardest thing I've ever been through. I don't wish it upon anyone, but I also know if you're going through something right now and it feels like you're alone, you're not. And if you are struggling with something and you feel like you just want to end it all, don't. Because it is so much better on the other side. There's so much more out there for you. You can be out here talking to so many people and sharing your story and it may not feel like you're ever going to get out of that pit and it may not feel like you're ever going to be able to share it with someone and who knows maybe you're not meant to speak maybe you're not meant to um, share it on a podcast or on a platform maybe it's just one person maybe it's someone maybe maybe you write a book about it maybe you journal maybe you tell your kids about it maybe your kids struggle with it too maybe you pass someone in school and you know, you notice tendencies that you once had and you and you go talk to them. It doesn't have to be in the way that you're experiencing uh, me sharing my story. But know that if you are in that season right now or in your, if you're in that pit right now, it gets better. It always gets better. But you have to fix your eyes on Jesus. And that's the one thing that I would change is staying true to my father and keeping my eyes fixed on him. Because it would make those two years of literal, like, horrible it would make it not I mean it would make it better because I had Jesus but I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna sit here and say that those two years would have been great um with Jesus I mean I don't know but that was an extremely extremely hard part in my life and I know going through that like I'm not gonna sit here and be like oh yeah if I had Jesus everything would be perfect and I would be happy and because I'm never sad ever now that I know Jesus. I'm sad and I know Jesus and that's okay. And I'm happy and I know Jesus and that's okay. And I'm content and I'm stressed and I'm and I have all these feelings. But I know if I would have known Jesus the way that I know him now, though the things that I went through and that season that I would have went through, I could have used and done so much more for him with. And I would have felt purpose and I would have, I wouldn't have gotten as low as I did. And I know that for a fact, um, just because I know that there, I would have had something to fix my eyes on that's greater. And it's, it was so easy to just get caught up in myself and get caught up in what I'm going through. And, you know, I didn't have any mentors. I didn't have anyone, um, outside of my family who, I felt comfortable enough to tell because I would push everyone away. But the one person you can't ever push away is God because he's always there. Now you can ignore him, but he's always going to be there still. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to He's never going to allow something to happen to you that you can't handle. Um, and he's never going to have something happen in your life and not use it. And I think that's something that we really need to focus on. Um, and I think also it takes time. I mean, that's two years and then I relapsed for another, what, two, two and a half. Um, and, uh, I think in today's world, we just want the quick fix. We want things now, social media, like, you know, we want, we want to travel the world and we want to go out and be great and we want people to know our name and we want, and 
that's great. I mean, I, I want to be known. Everyone wants to be known. Um, but we want it fast and we don't want to work for it. And I think that's what our, our society has come to is like, we just forget that like at the end of the day, things take time. Things take so much time and it's, it's, it's hard, but it's beautiful because that's when you grow. And I've grown so much as a person from thinking back to that awful, awful time in my life when, you know, you could see it physically and I know people knew, but people like had no idea what really was going on in the surface. Um, I just, I have so many stories. I have so many stories from that sad girl who just thought that that was the only thing out there. And I can tell you that once you get out of that rut, once you fix yourself and fix your eyes and your spirit and face it towards the Lord, it's going to be so much better for you because it's going to bring about things in your heart and in your spirit that you didn't know you had and you're going to be able to use that to help yourself and then eventually to help others um as I recovered I started growing closer and closer to Jesus because I realized that this thing I could be able to share with others this thing that was so awful he used in order to make me stronger in order to give me a voice in this evil world, in order for me to help people who way on down the road experience the same things that I have. Um, and I would never, some of my best friendships, um, I'm, I've grown so close to these people because we share that eating disorder, um, uh, I guess like not memory, but um, we just share that that because we have that in common um in our stories um I mean I could I don't think I even have enough like fingers to think of all of the people who have struggled in some way with food and we've been able to talk about it um and so seeing Jesus use a time when I didn't want to live to now me being able to live for him because of that is beautiful and that just goes to show the goodness of God honestly that goes to show how great our father is that he can take when you feel your lowest and use it to help you feel your highest and not even for a personal gain although that's a byproduct of um, sharing your story and helping others but like really just using it to glorify the Lord I mean like there's no other way I could even share my story without talking about Jesus because he is the reason I'm here today. He's the reason I'm making this podcast. He's the reason that I feel comfortable with sharing this and I I have that confidence from him. Um, And I'm so grateful for that, but I don't think I would be nearly as close with him if I hadn't had gone through anorexia. Um, And, you know, it's... It's scary and it's sad, but it's a beautiful thing. So whatever you're going through, just know it gets so much better. Run to Jesus. Give up your life for him. Um, I was fortunate enough for him to knock some sense into me. Ha ha. Concussion. Um, it's just a concussion joke. It's whatever. I'm getting so tired. It's literally almost 9 o'clock. Um, but 
I was lucky enough that it was almost like a, it, it was, it was a miracle story, um, you know, for me. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I haven't had to really put in the elbow grease when building a relationship with God. Um, and, you know, your story is going to look different. My story is going to look different. Maybe it's not anorexia that you struggle with. Maybe it's something involving food. Maybe it's not. I think it's safe to say for a majority of people, women and men, that we all struggle with body image in some way. And I, I think that's the other thing. Like, people think that, you know, majority of, like, eating issues and body image issues are in the female area. And I would like to say stereotypically, yeah, I would say that's true. But honestly, like, when you really think about it, it's not at all. And I've talked to, like, majority of my guy friends are men, boys, um, especially, like, middle school age boys who are going through awkward growth phases where, like, some kids will hit growth spurts earlier and others won't. Like, that is intense to deal with. Um, And especially, like, you know, people judging off of looks first, that's something super hard for men to deal with. Um, and, or like people in the gym, like everyone thinks that if you go to the gym, you're super confident in like your body, but honestly, it's the opposite. And, um, my humble opinion with what I've experienced and the people that I've talked to at the gym, um, but that's a whole nother avenue. But I think this podcast can reach men and women because, uh, I, I think men, uh, don't really get as much representation in that area. So, um, I hope maybe I'll, maybe I'll get some guests on here, maybe a little male guest to talk about, um, an experience in that way as well, but we'll see, we'll see where this takes us. Um, I know this wasn't as much of a read scripture e kind of podcast, but I really just wanted to like sit and talk and tell you guys my story and kind of get deep, um, or at least part one of my story. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess I'll do part two next week. If that's what you guys want, I'll put out a little poll. We'll see. Or if I should like space it out and do it maybe a little bit later, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah, but that's my part one of my body image anorexia story. Part two will be more on orthorexia, overexercising. I'll, um, I'm older obviously as going through that. And just recently, uh, coming out of it as well as slash in recovery, um, currently slash trying to figure out what the heck my body's doing and how I can make it healthy again. So, uh, yeah, anyways, thank you guys for listening. This was a a pretty deep podcast. If you want to hear more like story time, uh, podcasts like this, let me know. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. And if you're ever struggling, if you are ever struggling in eating and feeling like you're not meant to stay here on this earth, um, it, you know, alcohol, drugs, this, that, the other, I mean, you name it. If you ever feel like that, do not hesitate. I will say it again. Do not hesitate to reach out to me, to reach out to someone you know, reach out to someone you love, reach out to someone you trust 
We want you here on this earth. You are meant to be here on this earth. God has placed you here on this earth for a reason. And you are beautiful. And you are loved. You are loved by so many people on this earth, even if you don't feel like it, even if you're told you're not, you are. And you know 100% that the Father who created you, specifically how you were supposed to be created, and placed you at the exact time and place that you're supposed to be placed here on this earth, has you here for a reason. And he loves you. And he thinks you're beautiful. And he thinks you're handsome. And he thinks that you're special. Because you are. And he has created you originally, unlike anybody else, for a specific reason, designed to be here at a specific time and place and have a specific path just made for you so never feel unworthy never feel less than because we have a righteous god who created us and has put something inside of us to fill on this earth and if we are not dead by the way that he has planned then he is not done working in us so i pray that you remember that i pray that you're loved um sorry this was a little bit longer of a podcast but i love you so much and jesus loves you and that is life